This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to episode 53 of a Clean Skate podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And one week has continued to go by, and man, it feels like it has been years without hockey. I'm starting to forget, like, what even happened in last season? It's it's just been such a drag being stuck inside. But Hopefully everyone has now, you know, clicked on. They're hearing the sound of my voice and they are, you know, overcome with nostalgia for the good old days when we used to play hockey and you get to hear someone talk about those good old days. Um, so this week uh, I have just released on Twitter the polls for the all-star defensemen um, and the results for the all-star centermen are in. There were a few people who were upset with my choices. They felt like some of the people missed the list and whatnot. But hey, you know what? This is my list. So, um, well, it's your list, but I'm picking the people. So, yeah, live with it. So you got to choose between who I pick. And coming away with the victories into the final five. Remember, we only need four of them. So one of these people will be cut is, without any surprise, Mike Madano. Tyler Sagan, Joe, Joe Newendike, Mike Ribeiro, and Jason Spezza for the center position. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to release a poll in the next couple of days. Keep an eye out on Twitter. And again, that is at CleanScapePod on Twitter to vote on all these. I'm going to do a poll between all five of them. And then what I'm going to do is the top three are in. The top three voted for are in. And the bottom two, the people that bring in the lowest percentage of votes, will then go at it for the final fourth line spot in the polls, a bit of a loser's bowl, if you will. And now for this week all-star lineup, I'm going to be doing the right wingers. So coming in for the first week of matchups, we've got Dino Cicerelli up against Bill Guerin. We've got Yuri Lettinen, the right winger, versus Pat Verbeek, Bill Goldsworthy versus Alexander Radulov. Yarmir Yager versus Brett Hull and Louis Erickson versus Jamie Langenbrenner. So I feel like that is a pretty good representation. Again, you can get mad at me for my choices, but those are going to be the matchups. Look out for that coming later in this week as well, so you guys can vote on that. So then coming into next week's episode, we will have the results for the centerman position. We'll have the results for the defensemen that have just come up, and you guys will be voting on the right wingers so that will be exciting to look out for for next week this is yet again another collab episode that's right the 
collab series continues this week again we go back into a guest we had on way 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 back at the beginning of the season we're bringing on nick berlansky onto the podcast from the tip of the iceberg podcast if you guys want to follow his podcast on twitter you can do that at iceberg podcast capital i capital p in there because he does a lot of great stuff and i only talked to him when i think we weren't very far into the season so it was good catching up with him seeing what was up and i hope you guys enjoy hey guys i just want to pop in and talk about my friends at southern scholar southern scholar is a hockey player owned menswear company based in dallas in fact their founder still plays hockey several times a week in the local beer leagues in dallas they're a menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through their monthly subscription or their shop Simply put, Southern Scholar makes the best dress socks in the world, seriously. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are built specifically to stay in place throughout your workday and add a subtle, sophisticated twist to your everyday attire. Included with each pair is their signature style card containing tips, tricks, and styling recommendations to help you best pair your socks to get the most out of your look every time. Southern Scholar brings you a unique yet professional dress sock, which can be worn in the most prestigious of environments. Their socks have the perfect combination of stretch, softness, and breathability, providing a true mid-calf fit that stays in place throughout your entire workday. You can join their monthly sock club and enjoy all your member benefits like lower prices, exclusive sales, and access to their member shop, or you'd shop their collection without a subscription. Either way, you'll be saving money using code THPN. That's THPN like the Hockey Podcast Network. And guys, I just want to say I have a couple pairs of these. And man, they look so good. And then you just put them on. They are engineered to form fit your foot and leg and to stay up on your calf all day. So if you're wearing dress pants, you don't have to worry about reaching down to pull up your socks because they've started to scooch down and they feel uncomfortable. These things fit well. They look amazing. And I hope you guys enjoy them as much as I have. All right. And this week on a Clean Skate podcast, we have another guest we had on earlier in the season. Uh, we were planning on checking back up with him uh, when the, you know, later in the season. Now the season has been postponed. We're down to one week an episode. However, we're still doing collabs, so welcome back to the show, Nick from the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Uh, it's good to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me back. The first time was a lot of fun, and I remember at that point, the stars were, I think, 1-7-2, and two, and you were like, I don't know how to feel, and I said, trust me, you'll be fine, and now look where they were, of course, prior to all this happening, but hey, it's been a while. And That's I'm right. happy I, to be I back on. I forgot how early in the season we had you, because that means, uh, yeah, I was the stars were not looking good the last time we talked. Um, it's been a crazy season. So before we, we get into, you know, the, the non-hockey stuff, because we're, we're going to get there now that there is no hockey. Uh, yeah, at some point. <laughs> I guess since we haven't talked since so early in the season, how were you feeling about, you know, Pittsburgh's season up until it stopped? As a whole, the season was fairly successful, especially if you look at the fact that the entire season, the main storyline was, will this team ever get healthy and what will it look like once it gets healthy? And fortunately, I guess I should say right before this all shut down and the season shut down, the Penguins seem to be getting fairly healthy and we're down to only one or two guys on their injury list. But weirdly enough with the injured players coming back and then with also the amount of moves they made at the deadline, you talk about adding 
a third of your forward lineup at the deadline. It was just a problem that everybody kind of jumping into that lineup wasn't meshing well. They had a six-game losing streak that looked really bad. And then they came back and won three of five but weren't really playing all that well and got crushed by the Carolina Hurricanes right before the end of the, I guess, season as of this point. So they were starting to pick it back up and play a little bit better. But definitely if you look over the last two weeks before this hiatus, they were not playing their best hockey, but still in a position to be in the playoffs. So overall it was a good season, but I would have loved to see how that team meshed going forward in that last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, everything that happened, we didn't get to see it. So like I gave the stars like a B plus on their season so far. So what, what kind of letter grade would you be given the pens right now? Considering before that, like I said, six game losing streak, they were in first place in the division with losing players like Crosby and Malkin and Latang and Gensel for extended periods of time. I would probably give them a B plus because of what they fought through and the fact that they had all these injuries to big players. And even I mentioned a guy like Brian Dumlin who missed over two and a half months with an ankle surgery. So missing all those players, the way that Sullivan had this team playing, especially with the fact that you didn't really know what was going on with your goalie situation, I would give them a B plus. I definitely wouldn't give them an A just because of the fact that they did have some rocky periods of time and they did play some uninspired hockey, but I would definitely say a solid B plus. So it sounds like uh, the Stars and the Pens actually had relatively similar seasons there. There were times when they looked like amazing. And then there's been times when they will lose six in a row where like stars, I think going into the break lost five in a row. So very similar. Yeah. So it's, it's something that you look forward as they looked like they were a good team. They looked like at some points they could contend for a Stanley cup. And then there were at some points when you said, why is this team even going to make the playoffs if they're playing this type of hockey? So it's frustrating, but at the same time, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, and and it's actually funny because, I mean, the the Pens obviously did a lot at the deadline. They uh, brought Sheary back in. Um, and But one of the things that I was really psyched about that, you know, it's hard to remember like, oh, man, what was it, – it feels like it's only been like, what, two and a half weeks since they Something stopped hockey, like that, yeah. right? But it feels like a year has passed since then. It feels like we, we are already on the new season. Um, so, so it's hard to like, remember for some reason, it feels like bits and pieces of like the season. But one of the things that really stands out to me is how much I liked that Jason Zucker pickup for you guys. Um, and the, and like, I just knew as soon as I got him that he was going to play with Crosby and they were going to be unreal. Like it just made so much sense. (laughs) And then the fact to see that it like, it just, it just clicked like that almost it seemed from an outsider perspective so I just want to hear your thoughts on that it was something that was a long time coming and especially if you listen to the way that Jim Rutherford talks he's very outspoken about who he's going after and Jason Zucker is a name that popped up several times over the past year he there was a deal in place for Zucker to come to Pittsburgh for Phil Kessel in the summer but Kessel was not feeling the Minnesota thing. So that got debunked. And then finally it happens. Zucker comes to Pittsburgh. And like you mentioned, we all knew that first night he got to Pittsburgh, he's going out there starting light up next to Sid. And the big reason for that is because of the Gensel injury that happened in December. That's the real reason I think that Rutherford had to pull the trigger on this Zucker deal to find somebody to play with Crosby that was more of a higher caliber than a Dom Simone or somebody higher of a caliber than a Zach Aston Reese has played a couple minutes up there. So it was something that we saw coming. And of course, 12 points in 15 games, the small sample size, but it looked like he was getting 
used to playing with Crosby and they were starting to feed off each other. He was getting better and better. He yeah. just like every game he just it was another step of like, wow, they're they're getting to know each other. And it's amazing because we haven't seen very many players not only feed off of Crosby, but be able to feed Crosby in a way that he gets tapping goals. And the fact that Zucker was able to have passes and they were just inseparable and had a really good rapport right off the bat and it just kept growing. And unfortunately, we, we don't know how that would have kept going throughout the season, but we do have three more years on his contract. So we have plenty of time to see how well they play together. It's funny you mentioned, you know, he was setting up Crosby because it felt like, you know, a lot of the times, like with the Gensels, the Connor Sheerys, um, uh, like the, these young guys that come out of nowhere, like even Simone and Aston Reese, like you mentioned, like they were putting in a lot of goals because of Crosby, but they weren't necessarily setting Crosby up for goals. So I think the fact that Zucker and Crosby can just ping back and forth between each other. And not to mention Zucker is like really strong defensively and two way. And so is Crosby. Like that is like a, just a all around versatile line. It's, it's a really like, so who, who plays with that? Like we come out of this thing, everyone's healthy, right? You've got Jake Gensel who plays well with Crosby. You've got Connor Sheary plays well with Crosby. Jason Zucker plays well with Crosby, right? So who do you play with Crosby? I think that at this point, you can't really separate Jason Zucker and Sidney Crosby. That's a given. You have to have Zucker on Sid's left wing. Now, the big question is going to be the right wing, and it's between two of the guys you mentioned. It's either Gensel or Sherry. And the difference is, do you want to have an above and beyond ridiculously good first line or an above and beyond ridiculously good second line? Because whichever decision they make, one of those lines is going to be insane. So either you're going to have Zucker with Crosby and Gensel and the amount of finish and the amount of just hockey IQ there just blows my mind and it would be insane. Or you put Sherry up there, which is where he produces best historically when he's on Crosby's wing and you drop Gensel to what is not really a demotion and it's Rust, Malkin and Gensel on the second line, which it's house money at that point. So it really... To me, it doesn't matter. I would love to see just because of how many different wings Crosby has played with and because of the contracts that they have, I'd love to see Zucker, Crosby, and Gensel just for the next two or three years consistently on that line, of course, health forbidding, and just see them tear the league apart. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's funny. You're talking about Gensel like, oh, no, I got to play with Malkin now. Like Malkin and Rust, oh, no. Oh, darn. Oh. Yeah. That's 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 tough. I mean, I I could probably put Bang in a few playing with either of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just it's a ridiculously fortunate group to play with those centers. So I've heard a lot of theories now for how the season comes back and what happens with next season. So I want to hear your opinion. What would what do you think is going to happen, and what do you think should happen? Because sometimes those are different. Yeah, and it's really hard to tell because it's a moving target. Because you don't know when it's going to happen. At this point, you kind of basically have the idea that if there's going to be hockey played and counting as the 2019-20 season, it's going to be into July and late August. So at that point, it makes me think there's not really a chance for a regular season at any point to come back. I feel like you're going to have to go straight into playoffs. And what I think is going to happen is I think they're just going to do the top teams and then have what is it? What would it be then? 20 teams in and have a playing game between the eight and 10 seeds of each conference. That's what I think is going to happen. What I would like to see happen. And actually what could possibly happen too is a 24 team playoff because of the way that the NHL right now is very 
on edge about their new TV deal in the United States. And this is something I actually heard from Elliot Friedman on 31 Thoughts. He said the 21st through 24th teams, three of those teams are Montreal, the Rangers, and Chicago. You can't tell me that they wouldn't want those teams in some sort of playoff scenario to help boost ratings ahead of signing this new TV deal. So that's what I, I would like to see happen just because I love watching those teams play. And anytime you instill an original six team into the playoffs, it just adds to the prestigiousness of that playoffs. And personally, I'm all for complete and other chaos. So if there was a way that I could think of a 31-team playoff system, I'd love to see it because utter chaos. But 24-team, so I think, is the most reasonable. So do you think they maybe do it like playoff style or, or not playoff style excuse me um like olympic style where you have like you've got like your your different groups and you maybe break it into like four teams a group do like a round robin and the top two from that group move on or like split them like group a group b right and then have like your top eight and then go into knockoff style see i haven't really thought about the fact that you could do olympic style and do round robin tournaments i don't know if they would there even be realistically enough time to do something like that that's that's the big thing. I, I really just think that they would take the top seeds and say, you're already technically in the tournament because the regular season has to mean something. It has to mean something at some right. point. So those top seeds, whether it's four or five seeds, automatically get to be put into the playoffs. And then the last five or eight teams have to fight it out and play in games or maybe a best of three or something like that on a neutral surface just to get all these games played and get all these teams that were maybe a point or two out of the playoffs or five points out of the playoffs that could have had a run, give those teams a shot. So it's not as unfair, but eventually some team's going to get screwed and you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. There, listen, there's always going to be a, someone unhappy in all this. I think it, it, it's, and I think someone said it um, uh, to me, they said, you know, there's always, it's always going to happen to your team. You're always going to hate it when it's your team. So, and it's always going to be rigged. Right, exactly, exactly. So I yeah. think um, no matter what ends up happening, we just got to come out with it. Just sort of, you got to take what you're getting at this point. And I think, I think most people will be happy just to have hockey back. Yeah. Yeah, the amount of old replays and old game replays that I've watched in the last three weeks, <laughs> I just miss hockey. I just miss so, live, new, fresh hockey so, so much. That, so that brings me to my, my next point then. Uh, what are you doing uh, during, you know, this whole quarantine social distancing uh have you watched tiger king yet what like what are you up to i definitely watched tiger king last week it didn't take me too long because as soon as i turned it on i i was hooked and i was like there's something going on here and this has to be so interesting and it was a little after everybody started posting about it so i was like all right i need to go social media dark for a little bit i need to watch these seven episodes and i need to see what's going on and i was not disappointed and Carol Baskin definitely did it, in my opinion. She definitely did it. It's too obvious. <laughs> it's too obvious that she did it. And and Joe Exotic just, man, what a personality on that guy. I, I think, like, I want him on as a guest. Like, I just want to talk to him. <laughs> From Oklahoma State Prison or wherever he's at right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, that's that's interesting. You mentioned old-time games. Have you been uh, – you, have you been watching all of them? Which ones have you enjoyed the most from like the old replays? Yeah, I've been watching just as many as I can just because I'm, I really miss hockey, man. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that after about 
the first weekend of this no sports thing, I was starting to lose my mind and pick up my fingernails. But there were a couple times. There was one day that NHL Network did a Penguins Day, and I loved watching the 1991 and 1992 Penguins teams. And then they had Rivalry Day, and we watched all of that. There was a documentary on the first Winter Classic up in Buffalo, so I watched that. And then their Penguins station, which is AT&T Sportsnet, is doing a thing where Every couple of days, they're showing each of the victories in the 2009 Cup and just the entire broadcast as a whole. So I've been keeping along with that, and it's it's definitely helping, but it, it's just not the same. So I was watching some of the old like Oilers um, playoff games. So you are obviously watching the old Penguins games. Mm-hmm. I mean, how amazing is like Lemieux and Yager? Just like you, you forget, like like you hear those names and you know they're amazing, but like sometimes you forget just like how dominant they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing because I think the biggest takeaway for me since watching all these games is I knew Dominic Kashuk was really good, mm-hmm. but in that 1992 clincher, the Penguins playing in Chicago, they chased Ed Belfour out of the net. And then Dominic Kasha comes in in the second period and he is just, you watch Tom Barrasso make saves and you're like, oh, okay, that for his time, that looks like how a goalie would make a save. And then you look at the way Hashik was making saves and it was ridiculous. Flashing the leather on Mario Lemieux, just throwing out the poke checks, coming out of the crease entirely. He was ridiculously good. And unfortunately, I was very young at that point, so I didn't get to watch all of his career unfold as it happened. But just looking back and seeing how good he was Mm -hmm. and how different he played the position than the rest of the league in 1992, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. Listen, goaltending comparatively is just changed so much like yeah like i feel like and i don't know this is probably very naive of me to think but like watching the old goalies and stuff like that i'm like man you put me in a time machine and you sent me <laughs> back with like my stick and my skate from like nowadays i mm. would put up a hundred goals a season like <laughs> shooting on these guys yeah these guys they definitely were for one they were definitely smaller in stature mm-hmm and the pads were smaller. So there's a lot more holes to go for. But at the same time, you look at the level of play at that point, And if you could get to a point where you had an open shot, you had to have at least taken three or four elbows to the face. That's true. The way That's that true. that was played back then, it, I think it evened it out a little bit, not necessarily entirely because of the fact that you still saw goals scored from center ice on more of a regular basis than you see it now, of course. But it was just a time where the game is 100% different. And even if you look at the difference between watching the games in 2015 to watching the games from this season, it's, it seems like it's worlds different and worlds apart. So then how is your attitude when people do like era adjusted stuff? Like, like how do you think, how relevant do you think that is? I mean, it's interesting to me to see it because I tried to do something like that for Sidney Crosby to say, Oh, how close would he be to Lemieux or, mm-hmm. or Gretzky? I didn't, understand how to do it and I I looked at some other people's figures and I thought the problem being Sidney Crosby is great in this era because it is this era if you took Crosby back in that era who knows how he would have held up because he has had his injuries in this era and if you go back then people are much more able to slash you across the back of the legs or hit you in the head where he's had Mm -hmm. concussion issues or if you look at a player like Alex Ovechkin he's only missed 17 games he is a brick shithouse in this era. But if you look at it back in that era, how does he fare up against a Marty McSorley if he runs into him in center ice? Like, who knows what could happen? Of course, Ovechkin back then, if you just take him versus the goalies back then, yeah, 
not going to be fair. If you take mm-hmm. Crosby versus the goalies back then, even if Crosby's restricted to just his backhand, he's going to score 60 goals a year. So it's something that you have to consider the entirety of the league and you have to consider the rules changes and everything like that. So I don't put too much stock into it, but I do find it interesting to read every once in a while. Yeah. Hell Crosby can fire backhanders one handed, probably hard, <laughs> probably harder and more accurate than some of the guys back then. Oh, definitely. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, that's awesome. Well, I mean, do you have anything else for us here before we wrap up? Um, other than, talking about tiger king because that was was pretty cool what else have you been watching because i'm looking for some suggestions right now um hmm. i mean okay so i'm a bit of a nerd so the witcher on netflix is amazing okay it's uh henry cavill it plays the witcher uh i played the video games so that's why i was kind of into it it's very game of thrones e so don't watch it with kids or people that are squeamish (laughs) um but if you like game of thrones the witcher is really good um okay Interesting thing, though, about the Tiger King, and I think I probably talked about this on the last episode, so I don't want to take too much time on it, but I'm actually located in Florida, okay? My childhood home and, like, where my parents live and, like, where I used to bike and stuff like that is that whole area where Big Cat Rescue (laughs) is. Like, I've been to Big Cat Rescue, like, three times, like, twice with my school on, like, field trips. So, like, when they were showing the footage of her riding that bike, right, not to spoil anything for anyone, but like the footage of like, yeah, like this is where he's going to shoot her. Like my family, like we used to go on like family bike rides down that trail. So this was like, this was like three, like four years ago. And I lived there for like, I've only lived where I live now for college for two years. So like this was happening, like while I lived there and like went to high school there, I was like, That's I'm going to die. It's crazy. I'm going <laughs> to die. Oh, that is insane. So that will hit real close to home for you. Yeah. They like pulled up pictures. I was like, wait. I that looks I've familiar. Been there. <laughs> like that's my house is like right there. That's crazy. But I will definitely have to check out The Witcher. Right now I'm on Bates Motel, but the way this is going, I'm going to be flying through series pretty mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you have Hulu, I highly recommend Letter Kenny. If you haven't already watched it, I've uh, seen I've you, seen a lot of episodes of Letter Kenny. It's, you, it's very it's so you got to do it. You got to do it. Letter Kenny is amazing. But other than that, um, The Office and Parks and Rec. Yeah, I, I've watched you know, The Office, I think, six times through. So I, I could always go for a seventh. Yeah, know, seventh well, I mean, at this point, you know, you might run out of new things to watch. Uh, seriously, probably <laughs> by mid-July, I've watched all of the Netflix and the Hulus. Mm-hmm. So, so, Nick, it's been a pleasure to have you on and uh, to come on, you know, when we're all trapped inside. So <laughs> you don't have an excuse to not come on anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you know what? Uh, we're we're going to get through this and we'll have hockey back in no time. And when we do... We'll have to come back on so we can talk talk about like current hockey. Yeah, we can talk about Stars Penguins matching up for the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, no, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. (laughs) Well, it was a pleasure having you on, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next time, buddy. All right, thank you very much. And there it is, folks, the collab with me and Nick. Again, I hope you guys are enjoying these collabs as much as I am because, man, it really helps, you know, when you're in, you know, everyone's in a tough situation like this. So you're able to talk to someone and see that you're not in it alone because, you know, we all are stuck inside at the moment. But don't worry, we're all inside right now. And that is why we are all doing this. So it's going to get better. And, you know, talking to all these awesome guys um, really, really has been a blast since there has been real no hockey to talk about. 
The one thing I do want to talk about quickly is the Ugly Sock Contest. As you guys may have noticed, April 2nd has come and gone, and we did not announce a winner for the Ugly Sock Contest. What we're going to do is we're going to extend the timetable a little bit, see if we can get some more people in on it, make this a, a bit more of a competition, and we are going to continue partnering for the next little while with Southern Scholar during all this, which is awesome because, hey man, I'm in sidelight right now and they might be dress socks, but they are still super cozy and you can just wear them around the house if you want to and look darn good doing it too. The other thing I want to talk about because we are all stuck inside right now is shaving. So now that sounds like a bit of a weird topic of conversation on this week's podcast, but I want to tell you a little bit of a ritual that I have. When I'm putting on cologne, after I shave, you know, I'm going out somewhere, I will spurt a little bit of cologne, you know, just, just down the trousers, you know, just to make it smell good down there, J just in case. You never know who's going to be sniffing around down there when you go out, so you just got to make sure that it smells good. However, you know, I'm using cologne that's probably not super great. It gets kind of greasy, not good. So if you guys are looking for something that, you know, isn't going to do that, but still gives you that, you know, clean, confident, feel, then I think you guys should check out Manscaped. Now, Manscaped is primarily a razor company. They have a ton of really cool products for, you know, the below the belt region. I believe they have ball deodorant for all you guys out there. But the thing you guys really should check out is all their amazing, amazing razors. And the best one you can get right now is Manscaped. 3.0. This is their third generation trimmer, which features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Because the last thing you want to do is nick your nuts. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> There's also, it also comes with a charging stand, a USB port, and it is super easy to use even if you're not the most steady-handed like I am. If you are listening to me speak right now, then you are some of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience firsthand for yourself. You can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code THPN at manscaping.com. I hope you guys take advantage of the offer and you guys get as much enjoyment out of manscaping as I have. And that is going to be it for this one, folks. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed the collab. Be sure to look out for all the cool polls that are going to be on uh, this Twitter page that is at CleanscapePod again, so you guys can vote on. The defensemen are out right now. Coming up here, the finalists for the centers will be happening, and the vote for the right-wingers will be happening. So a lot to vote on, a lot to do. So I want to hear your guys' input so, you know, this isn't just me playing with myself. Ha ha ha, pun not intended. Keep your head out of the gutter. And as always, be sure to look out for on the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel, that is Hockey Podcast Network, you are going to find the Goon Line Gaming. That is where me and a bunch of the other people, some of the familiar voices you will know, like Tom from the Blue Notes podcast, as well as occasionally we have the Bayou Bender on as well. I'll have an EASHL team that we play on. I sometimes am the goalie, sometimes I am the defenseman with Tom's co-host Wags. He plays 
right D, I play lefty as an offensive defenseman, and sometimes I get in there for goaltending. What you're going to do is on Thursday night, you are going to find our Hockey Podcast Network game, and I hope you guys really enjoy that because I am having a ton of fun practicing and getting better and playing with the guys is big. It's not real hockey, but you know what? It's about as close as we can get these days. So I hope you guys enjoy because the first one I unfortunately was not in. I had some prior commitments that I was not able to make the first night, but I should be there because I'm now trapped inside for the foreseeable future. And that is going to be super, super fun. That again, that is Goonline Gaming. Go and find the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube and you will see that on this Thursday night, it's going to be a blast. And as always, I will talk to you cowpokes in the next one.